Welcome back, guys. Welcome. We are here, you know, doing a podcast like we've never done before. With homemade coffee. Yeah, I made some coffee in my coffee cup. And, wearing, and, and like a shop-made coffee. coffee. Yeah. I'm, I'm wearing a hat today because my hair looks awful. I should probably not wear the hat. I'm pretty sure that baristas should, like, sponsor us. I'm plugging their ad right now. <laughs> Should I? And we also have chocolate. We do. We have chocolate. Because every house people need chocolate. Hat off. Well, hat on looks more official, horse lady. Oh. Hat off just is like red. We've all seen red without a hat. Yeah, I guess everybody's used to red without a hat. It was just wet today, so my hair is like wet. Guys, we rode in the rain. We sure did. We were so productive. We went down and we're like, hey, we're going to lunch and, you know, we might ride one and lunch one. And then we got there and it was raining. We're like, nope, Mm. lunging. And then it stopped raining. Momentarily. Yeah. And Red was like, we're riding. That's it. Let's do it. So we did it. Yeah, we sure did. We rode. And then we still stuck to the plan to come home. And, and podcast. podcast. Yeah. So we're here. Uh, I thought today might be kind of fun if we talked about like maybe common riding mistakes and how to fix them. I thought that might be a good title. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. That. And just terminology, like things like, remember I was saying all the cool things you're teaching me about how to teach like with the weight and the stirrups and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. The analogies. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Sorry for everyone that can't see what we're doing. We're eating chocolate. Mm-hmm. So if our mouths, or we sound a bit like, like funny, a mukbang, mukbang. It's <laughs> peanut, peanut brittle, brittle chocolate. Pretty good. Very they good. should sponsor us too, Daryly. Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple new ribbons on my ribbon rack as well. I'm very proud of. Tell us what they are. I did the Bonio Park. Uh, official dressage day and it was a two-day event and we did four dressage tests and I got two fourths and a third and a pair of socks a prize love prizes Um, but it was really it was a hard weekend for me because the first test I had to retire as I'm sure you guys have heard on this podcast that happens to me a lot I love your hair like that, by the way. Oh, thanks, girl. I just put it up. I took it out of the hat. Um, and we you every time? Did you remember your salute at the start? Yeah, I saluted. Wow. All of my salutes at the start and the, and the completion. Yeah. Was this the one where you were like, woo, at the yeah. end? I think that was... Party Cuddles! Third. I think that was... When there I was, was a video of her when she finished a test and she was so into the moment with her and her pony, just like so happy about how good he went through his test, that at the end, like, the arms, both arms just went up like starfish, and then came back down and, like, hugged him. It was the best moment. Did yeah. the lady see it? And she was like, oh, you're the lady on the pony with the pony. Yeah, so I was I was walking my pony back to the stable, and, uh, and I was just walking him in hand, and a lady stops, and she goes, oh, are you the girl with the pony? And I said, yes, I am the girl with the pony. Because she was the only pony there, she's competing against like yeah. warm bloods at Bernie. Yeah, there was a, there was three I think in total of right. the competition. Um, yeah, and so I said, yeah, yeah, I'm the lady with the pony, and I gave him a hug because it was just after one of our tests. And then the woman goes, oh, I was I was penciling, which means she was writing down what the judge was saying to her um, while the judge is watching the test. She's writing it down on the paper. Um, I was penciling for the test next to you, so not even my test, and we thought you had fallen off because you had shouted, and then we looked over, and it was just the fact that you were laying on your horse so excited about how well you did in your test, and I wanted to say it was lovely seeing someone appreciate their horse, and and that really made me think about you know, how a lot of us come in there, and we're just really hard on ourselves, and we're hard on our horses, and they have no idea why they're there. 
Like they don't know why. <laughs> why did I go to this strange location? Why? Why is this all of a sudden more important? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why has she got an attitude today? <laughs> why is she kicking me so hard? What is happening? <laughs> my head. Like I, I know the pressure. Like you get on and you just want everything to be perfect, perfect. and you do. Like I. I do it all the time, even just in front of people, you do yeah. it, like, yeah. you're so much harder on your horse, and doing that, you get a worse response, like, Absolutely. you don't get a better response at all, no, no. you don't get the quick fixes, your horse no. just goes, why, why am I in trouble already, <laughs> what happened, yeah, and so that, it was really lovely to hear somebody else kind of appreciate my, my ridiculousness as much as I appreciate my ridiculousness, um, and it was funny because Tim saw me and said, oh, what, why did that lady stop you? Did you forget something? <laughs> no, no, I didn't forget anything. It was just some lady wanted to say. Was he calling? Tim? Uh, uh, no, he was holding a horse and recording. Uh, yeah, yeah. Multitasking. multitasking. Yeah, he was holding a horse that he didn't know, actually. It was Kate's yeah. horse. But Kate's horse came as a buddy because I was the last on the, on the draw. So there was no other horses around. My horse was getting lonely and sad and cracking the sads. Well, I'm just going to plug this in, um, and then, yeah, and then we're going to talk about some terminology. Ooh, this is dangerous. Um, terminology we use when we're riding, things that, <laughs> I think we're going to probably go over some things that I don't believe are true, or people say them a lot and I don't find them useful. And, and then things that I find useful, and then some things that Jess has found useful, and you know, we, everybody lives a different experience. And being a coach really, really gets, gets you thinking about what kind of problems people have. Especially, for me, it's a new world, mm -hmm. teaching beginners, like beginner beginners, and children. Mm -hmm. So, I've had to ask a lot of questions or just observe and you've helped me heaps with like just every now and then throwing me something. Oh, have you ever heard of this? Mm -hmm. No. Nope. Mm -hmm. And I use it. Um, okay. What if I was to start with something like you see all the time, like let's just go through something that we all know. Okay. Like, um, you know how generally riders, Inexperienced riders, they'll sit with their legs way far forward, like armchair position. Yeah. Legs back. Yeah. What's the terminology? If legs back isn't working, bend your knees isn't working. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. You gave so, me one the other day, kneeling. Yeah, yeah. The, in the rising trot, think think that you're kneeling rather than, rather than standing in your stirrups. Because when you stand in your, in your stirrups, you end up kind of lifting your body up and then falling backwards. But if the lower leg stays underneath your seat, and then you think of it as your knee, your thigh picking you up, like as if you were kneeling on the ground and rising yourself up from the kneeling position and then sitting back down on your on your heels. Um, so you can try it at home. Jess was saying to me that she tried it in the dirt. I literally, in front of a student, I kneeled down. I was trying to explain it. I was like, this is kind of similar. This. When I was trying to explain it to the student, yeah. it was kind of the same as me explaining what I'd already tried to explain and that hadn't worked. Mm -hmm. So I'd gone to the kneeling. And so in order for me to explain the kneeling, me just talking, it wasn't going to do anything. So I actually got down on my knees and I showed and they went, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, um, a really important part that the EA kind of teaches you about is, is there's a section in your lesson plan that says demonstration and you always have to be able to do a demonstration. Whether it's a physical demonstration, like kneeling on the ground, or, or a, a prop demonstration, like me getting on a client's horse, or a drawing, me drawing it on a little whiteboard or something and saying this is the exercise that we're going to do. Um, the demonstration is a huge portion of being able to effectively communicate to anyone. Mm. Um, <clears throat> One, one thing, when the legs are too far out in front of people, one thing I like to do is get them to lay down and hug their horse mm -hmm. and then maintain the leg position mm -hmm. as they sit back up. 
and that helps keep the legs underneath them as the leg scoots what forward. What if walk isn't the issue? What if it's only happening in rising trot? Yeah, then the, then the kneeling. Oftentimes, too, the stirrups could be too long, depending on the situation. Um, uh, a a ch armchair position or a... Um, what's that? There's another name for it. I always want to call it knife, but it's not knife. Fork? No. <laughs> the forked position is when their legs are too far back. That's oh! What, that's why I want to call it knife. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Okay, because yeah. that came up the other day as well. That was going to be number two. Yeah, forked but that's position. Very rarely in my brief experience in this world, that has come up only twice. See, you legs always end up with. Forward. You I always. Mean, back. Yeah, you always end up with like chair seat mm -hmm. people and I always end up with forked people because yeah. I'm forked in your chair seat yeah isn't it weird that's weird yeah so a forked position is when the legs the ankles let's say if I'm looking at a profile the ankles are too far behind the rider the the hips are too far forward and the mm -hmm. shoulders are too far forward so they end up in this like tilted fetal looking type position and um, one way that I like to and change. Toes down. Yeah, toes pointing down. Toes down. <laughs> I'm dying today. <laughs> you have got no balance in that position. Whereas at least with the armchair, you've got, you know, you're sitting back. You have you have balance, but your horse has no balance in the armchair one. Because then you end up sitting on their little kidneys. Hey, hey, hey. Mango, no. Honey. No. I'm going to close that in a minute. Or I'm going to put you. because it's that time of day when people are coming home from work. Are you going into the bedroom? Is this what's happening? Yep. Always. Always something. Um, yes, yeah, so the forked... Oh my god, how did she get in? Through the other side. What a little buff. <laughs> Mega sit. Maybe sit. we can just work through it. Stay. Stay. Uh, okay. Um... Yeah, the forked. The forked. That one is a, okay, we're all going to sit on our horses. Now we're going to take our feet out of the stirrups, mm -hmm. dangle our legs long, bring our knees up in front of our saddle, mm -hmm. but our feet still underneath us, open our legs like a butterfly, and then drop our legs straight down. Finding your stirrups, making sure that you found both of your seat bones. So then ask them, talk to them a little bit about mm -hmm. their seat bones, what their seat bones feel like. And then before they put their feet back in their stirrups, they have to find the stirrup and put their foot in the stirrup without pushing themselves out of the seat bone. Mm -hmm. And if they have to push themselves out of the seat bone, then the stirrup's too short. That can also cause the forked seat. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, and then making them really focus on the seat bones themselves rather than the stirrups because yeah. a stirrup focus can cause the forked seat. Which kind of drives us to the next kind of fun one that I talked to you about the other day. I'll let you introduce that one because it wasn't mine to begin with. I stole that one from Mary Wanless, who if you haven't read any of her books, do so. They are excellent writing books. How did we, before we discuss this tactic, great, great tactic, <laughs> what was the question that led you to tell me that it might be too much weight in the stirrup? Rising standing up and falling back in the saddle right okay so i think i'd come to red and i'd said look I'm, I'm struggling i've got some students that are rising and then falling too heavy or falling more of an angle like far back instead of being able to control their rising on the way up and the way down and i tried a couple of different things and it wasn't working and she'd said to me oh it could be that they're relying on their stirrups and putting too much weight in their stirrups rather than their upper thigh muscles to maintain that you know rise and fall and I said okay and then she said try this exercise mm -hmm. and that was to explain or, or show put put your hand underneath their feet in the stirrups and and go through and, and tell them that you should be able to walk around or trot around with your hand in the stirrup with their foot on top and them not hurt you. Yeah. That was generally the, yeah. the consensus. I usually shout, would I be screaming? <laughs> and that one reminds them. 
um, that they, but I physically have put my hand under quite a few clients' feet, actually. I bet some of them are probably watching this one. Um, but I've been doing it since you told me I've been doing really? it, but I can't really do it at a drop. No, no, you I'm running next to them. No, no. But they, they still get that sensation and they still get that understanding that, that the stirrups are there for decoration and you need to work harder. I was thinking um, in a couple of my lessons, just doing that exercise of getting them to rise to the trot without the stirrups, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. for the ones that I know are balanced enough to, to start. I pop them the ones that. usually for that. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then once they get the grasp of that, then it makes it much easier for you to introduce the sitting trot, you know? Do you do that before sitting? Yes, I do. Okay. Cause because they I have always work on sitting before rising. I, I work on sitting before rising if they're in a chair seat mm -hmm. and or if they're in a um, forked seat, if their legs are too far behind them, then I work on the sitting because the sitting will allow them to mm -hmm. let their legs out in front. But if they're chair, then it's just going to provoke them to end up further back. So then I, I do the rising first. Uh, and then sometimes if they start to lose their balance, I'll let them sit three, four, seven times, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't teach them how to sit until they understand how to carry themselves on their thighs. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, I feel that um, they end up carrying themselves on the back, like the fatty mm -hmm. parts of their bum, kind of. But, you know, it, it really is kind of an organic, personal experience of, of what you should be learning first and what you should be learning next. A lot um, of the time I feel like I go down one alley with a rider yeah. and I'm, I'm trying it and I'm pursuing that very, you know, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, I've just got to hang on and, yeah. and it'll, it'll, it'll take a little bit of time. And then I realize, okay, this isn't working, I'm going to change it up. Mm -hmm. And then I think of something else. Because sometimes, you know, it could just take a little moment. You know, you've got to give them a little bit of time to, to feel it and figure it out. So it's yeah. that, but then halfway through you're like, okay, this really isn't working, got to try something else. And sometimes my tool belt just isn't big enough yet. So yeah. that's why it's so helpful to get these these analogies. I think um, I think one of the most difficult things to teach people is feel, uh, like elastic feel in your reins. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> no phones on it's the podcast. Is it important? Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> I will allow it. This time. I have to let someone know someone's going to be knocking at their door in 20 minutes. Okay, go for it. Um, yeah, so uh, feel. I think, I think teaching people an elastic feel from shoulder, elbow, wrist, fingers, all of that is probably one of the biggest challenges uh, for children and beginners. Because beginner adults have an idea of of what they believe it should feel like, and usually it's far too rigid or far too delicate. Yeah, I've never had someone that's too rigid. Interesting. Never, never, never. Always, like, I, I always come up and I'm like, okay, and I grab the reins and I'm like, okay, show me, when I say I want you to pick up that outside rein or, or even hold the contact, yeah. tell me what you're feeling. Yeah. Or even turning, tell, show me, what you're doing, show me your half hope, show me this, show me that. And I can, like, very, very rarely can I even feel what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It is so subtle, mm -hmm. you know, and I think... That's probably better than too much. Yeah, because you can always teach. And then when, I'm, when I show them, okay, no, you should feel about this, this is how it should feel. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, really. Mm -hmm. And, it's, and, and it's this is your, your pressure and this is your release. And when yeah. I release, it's a big, I don't care if your hands down here yeah big release for training you know yeah yeah big release like oh sometimes sometimes um i think partially due to my own riding and my own training my my release is too quick like mm -hmm. it just goes bang and it drops them on their face um but if i slow soften and they go Ooh. it depends on the, like if you're training a green horse that works because they need that instant like pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah, okay, but they should. But they should follow that connection still. Green mm -hmm. horses should follow connection in two reins. Yeah, top call. Um, going down the rabbit hole <laughs> on this one. Um, so there are lots and lots of tactics to teach elasticity. One tactic that I you just talking about hands. Just talking about hands right uh -huh. now. Um, 
Because if we start talking about training horses, this is going to yeah. go real south. Yeah. So just hand. <laughs> hands. Okay. I just want to teach somebody what a feel is supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. One thing that I really want to do that I've seen done, actually, Leonie Bramel, a very famous Canadian dressage, lives in Germany, comes to Australia in Melbourne and teaches fairly frequently. Um, Leonie does a lot of things with resistance bands. Okay. Yeah. So um, I saw her do a... Is there just elastic reins you can buy? Yes, but I don't think that's going to teach the horse or the human the correct feel. The resistance band, she makes you hold your own rein mm -hmm. and then put the resistance band around the where the neck strap would be, around the horse's mm -hmm. chest. So when you take, you take tension in both the resistance band and the rein and then you soften, but when you soften, you can't go because then the resistance band is going to fling back at you. So it teaches you how to soften correctly. All right. Because you take and you have to slowly soften, they should follow the connection down. Right. Rather than flinging the elastic band back at them. So I thought that was really, really cool. And a nice way to teach people, take a connection, have a feel. Otherwise, that resistance band is going to be flopping all over the place. You know, and you don't want floppy stuff everywhere. <laughs> um, so I think that that's a really neat idea. And I've seen um, I've seen people do it in a different way, where they actually take the reins, flip them back over the horse's head, mm -hmm. and then hand the reins back to the riders, so that the base of the reins is around their neck, mm -hmm. and the other set, so it's got more feel in it as well. Some of my riders drop their reins quite frequently, so that may be dangerous. Yeah, no, don't do it with them. <laughs> it also looks free, like. When I saw it happen, uh, who did that? David Shoebridge. I uh -huh. watched David do that. No mango. It's just play with the ball on the ground. We don't need it. Um, yeah, I saw David Shoebridge do it, and I was like, oh my god. How scary would that be to just... I think I've done that before when I was a lot younger. Accidentally drop one rein, and yeah. you're just like, whoa! And then you can't get it back. Yeah, you have to get it just from the other side. Like, you'd have to pull the other side all the way up to grab it and then go around the other side. How, though? Like, you would grab it off the... Just to get it off the ground, you'd have to, like, hold this hand up really high. Yeah. And then reach under the neck to be able to grab it back to where it was before. Oh, yeah. No, that just, that just <laughs> makes me sick just thinking about that. Um, yeah, so resistance band would be a nice way to go about that one. Um, and also, the, the way that you explained it, have someone really um, that you really admire, respect your coach, a comrade, anybody, take the other end of your reins and hold your reins as if you were just the horse and have them react yeah. to you. And, and so, so you, you can, yeah. I find that really effective because people, not until I do that, they're like, oh, okay, and then everything kind of clicks. They, they know that feel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, another, another couple of things, <laughs> it's nice because my clients oftentimes will get lessons with other people, they'll go to Pony Club mm -hmm. or whatever, and oftentimes they get lessons from people that I admire. Um, Danielle Pools is someone that I admire as a coach, um, and I've shared a lot of her stuff on the Facebook page and stuff, and, uh, and... One of my students had a lesson at her pony club with Danielle Pools, and I said, oh, tell me what she taught you, and tell me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, she said, when I get stiff in my shoulders, I should chicken. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I have to yell out no flappy flaps all the time. Really? Yeah. Sometimes my students get a little rigid. Yeah. And you got chicken. <laughs> you do your chicken. She softens her shoulders, you know, and it gives her the... Yeah, and then she's able to relax again. It's so bizarre. You and I have opposites. Like I'm constantly yelling at people, tuck your elbows in, get them in there, because they're always like out, and they're always like, and their bodies are moving too much. They're too loose. So I'm always like, get those elbows in, stick them in your ribs. Like I'm always yelling at people, like bend you know, your elbows, because they're either straight out, yeah, and straight armed, or they're out and floppy. The so like straight ones. That's where this yeah. this little girl started very straight. Yeah, and then. And then she brought her elbows in, but only because I brought two $5 notes. Yeah, I was going to say, what about the whip? 
The whip so, behind is too rigid, I think. But it, over, it, it if it's an over-dramatization, two five-dollar notes works me perfect. <laughs> good well. They're like very, very, very good. Yeah. Pop them underneath her armpits and said, keep them Armpit. Yeah. If you can keep those five-dollar notes there, walk, trot, and ganza, you know, go over a couple of jumps. So them. you can't, you don't think you could? With What if they were low straight? You could. They're still going to do something right with their shoulders if they're low straight. Yeah, you're right. You know? You're yeah. right, yeah. Two $5 notes under there. You want them to close the back of their armpit anyways, not the front. Yeah. You know? Who's so <laughs> the front door? <laughs> oh. oh, the glories of technical difficulties continuously. Oh. Um, you were talking about $5 notes in the armpits, and that's great. And just while we were, like, fixing the stuff... Yeah. I thought about something else that you gave me. Okay, yeah, tell me. Tell and it was me. amazing because I used it like four times the other day. Woo! I know, and it worked great. Yeah. Because I've been using the other one that was given to me, and your one kind of worked better. Whoa! And it, was, it was the fancy belt buckle. I know, the flashy belt buckle, I'm telling you. Yeah. Pretend you have a cool belt buckle on. Show yeah. Her I was like, show me the blingage. And she laughed the whole way. And she was so proud of that belt buckle. I know. She was like, yeah. Yeah. It and really worked. Yeah, because you have like an image in your mind of what you're yeah. trying to display. Um, and Because normally it was belly, like for me, it was belly button to ears. But the belt buckle, for some reason, just seemed to work so much more. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because... For me, personally, as you've seen me ride lots, I end up too far mm -hmm. shoulders in front of hips. And when someone says to me, show me your flashy belt buckle, doesn't do a thing for me. But, Jesse was Is that because you don't care? You're like, I don't care about my belt buckle. No. I am doing this for just no. Mechanically, just doesn't function for me. But, Jesse says to me, put your shoulders behind your hips. Mm. And my shoulders will go behind my hips. Because you think very... Anatomically. Yeah, and yeah. also, for me, my problem isn't that my hips aren't coming forward enough. It's that my shoulders are coming with my hips. Mm. So it really depends. That's, yeah, that's right. When you ride, you ride with your top half. Like, you're all connected, and you're, you're um, what, what's the word? Isolating the right, the right, like, your bottom half is isolated to your top half. Yeah. So you are still coming <laughs> forward. My shoulders just at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's right. Yeah. Jesse, will, Jesse will just correct me that my hips need to be behind my shoulders, and then I'll go okay, and then I'm able to continue yeah. that. And I have to do it every once in a while, check myself. And oftentimes I will swing my seat up and right, mm -hmm. and so I have to constantly think seat to the left, seat to the left, because I will pick myself oh, up. Oh, the other right. one that I haven't used that that just reminded me of because you're talking about hips. Was cause, as you were talking, as I always do, because information goes in one ear and out the other. And I'm looking at you, and you're you know I'm listening, I and I'm totally in it, but I'm also somewhere else at the same time. Aren't we all? And that's continue. Half, half the reason why I don't remember anything. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about. I was gonna ask you, like, what's a PG-rated version of the hump the saddle for the sitting trot? Or even in the counter, you know, and I've been using it a lot and it's so effective with my adult riders. Hump the saddle seems to work the best. Like people yeah, yeah. just understand that and they really get into it and, and it works. Mm -hmm. But what's another term that you can use for that? And it, it just reminded me when you were talking about left, right, left, right, mm -hmm. your hips. So left, right, hips, like swinging your hips left, right, like as they come forward. Mm -hmm. tilt them left right left right and that's something I've never used I've always thought about it just jump, as jump, the jump, one jump. motion I, I say push yeah so it's push 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 mm -hmm. but I've never thought about and it is you do actually slightly move left right left right but I just hadn't thought about that so my, what else do you say my biggest struggle in the sitting trot is that if I sat and pushed my coccyx would end up way too far underneath me and then I would curl this way, mm -hmm. and then my legs would end up in front of me. So I would turn into like a C. <laughs> a what? A C. The letter C. Oh, the letter C. I was like, what is it? <laughs> like a C. So my shoulders would come too far forward, my back would be too round, mm -hmm. my tailbone would be too far underneath me, and my legs would be out my chair seat in front. 
Right. Which would be counter, like you'd see me transform from this like little overly upright <laughs> to this like awkward <laughs> chair rodeo yeehaw. For pushing. Yes, if I... You look like you're having a baby. Exactly. Everyone she's doing... Anyone that comes is not watching YouTube, she's sitting here... Looking like... Looking like she's in... What what position do they call that? That should have a name. The chair seat is what we call it. No, the one where you're up in the apparatus, you got one leg here, <laughs> one leg there, yeah. and then they push. Oh, oh, like... <laughs> and like labor. Yeah. Okay, right. That's what you look right. like right now. Okay, cool. So... I go like either all the way into Western and just look yeah. like I'm riding Western or, you know, or I'm not connected enough to my saddle. And I because, can't imagine you riding Western, like the whole like relaxed, like, cause you're very, you're very straight backed, well postured yeah. when you're in the saddle. So like trying to imagine you in that chilled out one hand, just chilled like, <laughs> like this. No, can't, can't see it. I'll see if I can find a picture for you one day. Um, <laughs> you won't do it justice. I have to see it happen. Yeah. Well, one one time Ray put me in a stock saddle and I had to do a circle, a couple of circles and stuff on a horse on Sarge. Uh huh. And full, it just came, as soon as I was sitting in that stock saddle and like, and really? I knew that something naughty might happen. I was like, <laughs> I hate stock saddle. Me too. Um, neither of you there. Um, <laughs> I think when. I was learning how to correctly sit the trot. Thanks, Jesse Fleming. Um, <laughs> I, and actually Lily, Lily was the one who fed me the left, right. Okay. Lily said, are you, like, I was like, I'm having trouble with the sitting trot, Lily. Like, what can you, she was like, think left, right, left, right. And I was like, okay. And then I, I was like, ah. That's because still quite an honest, you need to be quite bodily aware. Like you need to be aware of your body, mm -hmm. like movement. Mm -hmm. To, to get that because it is quite a subtle left right left right oh yeah so what about like because I only have kind of like intermediates and very much beginners Babies, yeah or um, English very second language so even yeah. the the intermediates with that I'm still mm -hmm. I'm still scraping the barrel yeah so if What's another thing? Do you have something like the belt buckle that would like something that's playful um, for a sitting trot? For a sitting trot, I would like for my young, young ones. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of taking stirrups away, taking saddles away, putting them on lunges, mm -hmm. making them go without a saddle, having them slide off a couple of times, like just, you know, little ponies, so it's not a big deal. Um, and, and also I get to incorporate our like learning how to fall business mm -hmm. into that. But um, when they're sitting, finding the seat bones and, and connecting the tailbone, really helpful. Also for the people who end up in that kind of forked position, they get a little tight and then they start falling forward. Um, um, pretend you're at the rodeo, you know, like, uh, take one hand and put it up behind you. Mm -hmm. Take one hand and put it on the back of your saddle. Mm -hmm. And then finding the back of your saddle and being able to move with the back of your saddle in the sitting trot. Um, again, obviously something that you should do on a lunge because then now they only have one hand. <laughs> but um, but those different kind of characteristics of, of them being able to put their hands on body parts and feel what they're supposed to be doing, mm -hmm. um, I found that really effective in the sitting trot. Um, Rising for three, sitting for two. Rising for five, sitting for two. I had you know. someone the other day giving a lunge lesson. Well, it wasn't their first counter, but they were still on the lunge. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I heard them saying, and it was the first time that I'd heard someone say, okay, now count. And they were getting them to count in the counter. One, two, three, four. One, yeah. two, three, four. And I was trying to understand why. Like, I understand the, the rising, like, I, I use counting one, two, one, two, two so that they learn the, the rhythm and, and the rising. But what is with the, and it was for the scoop, so they learned how to sit. And I was trying to understand where that came from. Every single one of my students counts strides in the walk, trot, and canter. Specifically because I want them to know where the outside shoulder is at all times. You should ask for all of your transitions when the outside front leg is about to strike off. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, unless you're doing a walk to canter, then it should be the end. They weren't. They weren't counting because they're taught anything about body mechanics. No, well, they should be taught about body mechanics, and that's why they should count. But if you're counting with a rhythm, even subconsciously, for the rhythm. Yeah, even subconsciously, you're learning the body mechanics of the animal mm -hmm. because you're figuring out what an entire stride is. Mm -hmm. One, two. And then if I want a horse to slow down, I go, you've heard me say it a million times, three, two, one, and walking, mm. you know, um, that counting can also help them breathe. Yeah. Especially in the canter, uh, people tend to tighten and hold their breath. Mm -hmm. And if they have to verbalize things, it helps them breathe. And you've seen me do it with clients that tend to get too rigid and don't breathe. We talk about breathing. We make them breathe we count with strides whatever you need to do to, to maintain a type of breathing yeah also, i got them singing the alphabet or one i got one girl that's normally really quiet and i told her that she had to hold a note mm -hmm. while sitting trot mm -hmm. as loud as possible and she didn't want to be yodeling like mm -hmm. um country girl so she was really trying to mm -hmm. stay still and hold her diaphragm because she wasn't using it. Mm -hmm. And so that made her use her core because yeah. she had to engage it in order to keep it still. Yeah. And so that really worked. And that was a nice thing in the, um, that's an excellent suggestion. In the book that I'm reading, the Mary Wellness book that I'm reading right now, Ride With Your Mind, she talks about breathing and how important it is when you're riding. And I take that for granted so hard, like way more than anybody else because I grew up singing. Mm. So I can ride and shout across the arena. I can ride, I could canter, I can do this, that, and I could talk on the phone. You know, you've talked on the phone with me not knowing I'm on a horse plenty of times. And then me go, oh, I'm cantering, and then I'll start cantering. You're like, Jesus, that's fast. <laughs> and, um, and the thing about it is, and I often I only figure out you're on a horse because I hear you go, one, two, Three, <laughs> yeah. three, two, one, and walking. You do it with your counter transition before you counter. You count into it. Into it, absolutely. Yeah, I've heard you do that. You go one, two, three, count. Red, are you on a horse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was just, uh, you know, doing this. Whatever. But um, lots of people can't because you should, what Mary Wanless calls, bear down while you're riding. You do it naturally. I do it naturally. A lot of other is bear down um the front and the back and the bottom of your mm -hmm. torso should be yeah yeah <laughs> I, I tell my kids i tell my kids um show me a six pack or i've done i've actually gone up to them the other day i did it and and you know how when you're in a singing lesson and they they say show me a diaphragm and you have to do the exercise where you're pushing their finger out with your yeah. diaphragm and I did that, and she, cause I was like, show me a six pack, and she kept going like this, and yeah. just like arching, and I was like, no, like engaging this, so I had to actually do it, and I'm like, now push against my fingers, push my fingers out, mm -hmm. and then once she realized where her diaphragm was in that muscle, I was like, that's the same area, <laughs> you know, like, if I can get her to engage that, she's still got to push and engage everything here, mm -hmm. so I was like, one step. Yeah, and then, and then you've got to teach them the back, and then you've got to teach them the bottom, the so floor. How? So what she was talking about in the book, was thinking about breathing, like you're breathing into a a jar, like a like a chemist's mm -hmm. that that's got a neck, and then it opens at the bottom. Yeah, and you need to breathe into the bottom and out of the bottom, like you and I would do naturally, but don't fill up too much at the top. Like if I was to breathe up the mm -hmm. top. Rather than breathing with the top, which actually feels really awkward to me. Do you ever do that? Like, <gasps> it's like weird up there. But filling up in the bottom and and releasing at the bottom and filling up at the bottom. And, and then from there learning how to maintain the wall while I literally have been holding my feet with my heels down the whole time because I'm bearing down into my, into my chair. Um... And then she also talks about um, what it feels like when you're uh, like pressing, pressing out, like when you're pooping. Oh, pressing 
<laughs> you know, like just pushing the base of your diet, like the bottom just a little imagine bit. a whole lot of thoughts. <laughs> like, yeah, but I, like, I don't it was feel subtle. like, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm farting when I'm bearing down. Sometimes I do fart when I'm riding though. I scared my horse once. <laughs> but you know, like it is what it Thank is. Get down. Um, and, and like buried down and, but then bearing, bearing down at the back, you've got to be able to push your belly button back and then bear down at the front as well. So you got to like push it back and now you've got the back set up. Now you got to push out the front again. You have a funny shaped spine at the bottom. So yeah, I do. So that's different for you to support your spine back here. I got scoliosis. Yeah. So you don't have to support your spine back there because it's like jamming. It's having a great time. No, it's not. <laughs> and so, like, I have to. So what do you mean? So mine, because mine goes out, and your yours goes in. Yeah. So, because mine naturally will want to. Yeah, you got arch. booty. Girls got booty out the back there. Yeah. So I'll naturally want to arch it this way. So yeah. I have to firstly, I have to support my spine by pushing my belly button back. Yeah. And then I have to push out at the front to bear down at the front and back at the same time, and then down the floor. Wow. Yeah. So what do I have to do? You just have to bear down on your floor, your pelvic floor a little bit more. No, don't push down, bear down on it. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm engaging. What, what muscles am I? <sighs> Hold on, another brief intermission. We're back. <clears throat> um. Yeah, we were talking about the floor and I didn't, I mean the, what was I isolating? Your gooch. <laughs> yeah, but I can do that and nothing changes in my body. Exactly. Right? Mm hmm So why were you explaining the need to engage all this? This and this and then the base. Yeah. But you do that when you're riding anyways. Do I? Yep. Because whenever I look at videos, I'm always like hunched over a bit and leaning forward. Like when you half halt, you bear down in the, in the base of your half halt. Right? Yeah. But the rest of the time, I'm being lazy. <laughs> yeah, but you know that you're being lazy. I don't until someone tells me or I watch a video. Oh, okay. So it doesn't, it's naturally like those last ones I saw of me in the jump saddle, especially when I'm in the jump in saddle. In the jump saddle. I'm out the back, my legs are even more forward, and I'm mm -hmm. rising forward and back, and my shoulders are hunched. Yeah. Whereas if I'm conscious, I can sit up. So the, the shoulders back. Oh, girl, yes. that's a good one. Shoulders so back. Because a lot of the time you say shoulders back and you get, <clears throat> you get boobs out. And rigid. <laughs> boobs out is a huge thing. This is not what it's supposed to look. Boobs out and the bum goes out. like, And then this, and then you lose the yeah. all of the core that needed to happen. So physiotherapist, thank you, Katrina. <laughs> if she, what is name dropping? Name dropping all of We should them. be plugging. We should be like, so would you like us to mention your name? If so it's a $5 fee. <laughs> No, no. Yeah, um, we only mention people that we really love on this channel. But if we ever had like a great service, we could just totally talk about that for a whole. <laughs> just say it. I, I have I have great service from. Just careful, careful of this tug of war situation. <laughs> <to> not <laughs> tug of war with the mango. Uh, you might hear that in the background. So she told me. I wish I had my sports bra on right now because I would just show you. I just take my shirt off. And... But she was saying to me. Because my shoulder blades get too rigid. Mm -hmm. And then because they're rigid, people always say, put your shoulders back. But it's not really my shoulders that are the problem. It's like here. Yeah. Um, she was saying, pick up your shoulder blade and put it in the pocket. Mm -hmm. So it's actually not... It's not the tops of my shoulders. It's not actually up here. It's the actual blade itself. Yeah. I have to pop that. But again, that's a very anatomical way of explaining something. Absolutely. That's not going to work with someone like that is a little bit stressed out and can't think about mm -hmm. things like that. So what's another one? Um, the pulling on your ponytail, Sam yeah. Bartlett. That's, that's one I got from her. I've tried that a couple of times and it's only ever worked once. Yeah, it depends on for some reason, and I, and it seems like such a clear thing, mm -hmm. but for some reason, it really, it's not clicking like a lot yeah. of the time. Um, Could be my delivery. I don't know, but <laughs> um, 
And sometimes if they're older, I'll say, have you guys ever done yoga? And they'll be like, no, or yes, whatever. Doesn't really matter what their answer is. I use, I, I go, I try, I've been trying yoga and I'm not very good at it, but I think there's this thing and I don't know, it's Shavasana. And I like really deliberate ridiculously because people love it when I'm just ridiculous. And Shavasana. Shavasana. Is that legit the name? Shavasana? Uh -huh. Yeah, it means like, uh, I think that's corpse pose or, or, or <laughs> celebration of the sun or something, but whatever. It's my corpse pose is a celebration of the sun. Whatever. I, it's you're either dead or celebrating the sun. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. But I believe it's when you're laying on the ground and like you're like, <sighs> but I don't know. I'd have to check. We'll Google Shavasana and then we'll get right back to you. No. Um, but I tell them, think about you're like opening the front of yourself to the sun. <laughs> and you want fancy to like, buttons, maybe? Yeah, fancy, fancy buttons. A badge? No, that will get no, on one shoulder. Forward. Um, also sometimes they need to look up. Yeah. Because sometimes we end up like this, looking at my pony's ears. Don't see anything, only pony's ears. Okay. Um, look up. Another one that Peter Fisher gave to me the other day in the canter. I was cantering my horse too forward and not up enough. And he said, pretend you're riding a rainbow. <laughs> imagine, imagine a 65 year old German man saying that to you. You know? I love it. Yeah, and so I had to ride him over, like, as if I was riding a rainbow. Yeah. Yeah, and so then I'm, like, looking. He's so like, what happens on the way down? I'm stoked. <laughs> ride the next one. I gotta ride the next one. Ride yeah. him ride him up to up the, the ceiling. Rainbow. Right. Yeah, he said ride him right up to the ceiling. Feel like he's pushing you up to the ceiling. Mm -hmm. But it wouldn't work if he didn't have an indoor. But, mm-hmm. Like you're riding a rainbow. Yeah, it's so fun. Peter gives me great stuff. My favorite that Peter. That would really help in the canner, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, you should have seen his canner. It was great. Um, my favorite Peter quote that I use the most is, don't practice shitty transitions. Mm. And Peter says that to me almost every single time I see him. But some, and I love it. Sometimes, like, it's hard because sometimes I get them, um, you know, and we've got a whole indoor arena, right? Mm -hmm. And it's taking the whole arena and we're just going boom, boom, boom. And, and there's that, that point where I get to, like, we've come back, we've relaxed, we've asked again, you know, and sometimes depending on the horse or the rider and what, what the issue is, mm -hmm. sometimes I just have to say, I don't care what it looks like, get it done, get it happening. Yeah. Then we bring it back and we do it again. That's mm -hmm. a shitty transition. The so first how, one's always shit. First one's always shit. Yeah. But I mean, you just practice better transitions, you know? I think that's more rider focused because when that happens, I'm more getting the rider to focus on just making it happen because yeah. they're not being assertive enough. No, no. And, and the only way that they're going to be able to practice a better transition, therefore not practicing a shitty one, mm -hmm. is by becoming more assertive, understanding what they need to do to get the job done. And mm -hmm. the only way that you're going to be able to do that is get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, so some, that's hard because then they are technically practicing. No, because they, the first first transitions are always going to be crap, and the only way that they're going to get better is by practicing improving that mm. on on what they've got. You know, so saying saying yes to you and me, if we looked at that transition, you're like, oh, that wasn't great. But I mean, is the next one better? Good. Then you're practicing a better transition. Mm -hmm. Is it one after that one better? So one after that okay. one there. You Fair know? Like, yeah, yeah. Really is so really the progression both. of it. More Absolutely. Than, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and from Peter's point of view, obviously, at my stage of the game, when he looks at me, it's don't practice shitty transitions. It's don't teach horses to do. You're always teaching a horse something. If you're sitting on its back or you're standing near it, you're always teaching it either something good or something bad. Mm -hmm. and, and so I, he's just constantly reminding me, like, you do not practice something poorly. Don't let, do, even if you're going to go and... How go, would you practice something poorly? No one's doing it intentionally. No, 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 no. But if, I, if I'm carrying around and I got some really great work and then I went, that was awesome. And then I just let him yeah. walk. Long rain. You know, and didn't practice the downward transitions to get him to the long rain walk. Yeah. That is, that is a moment where I'm literally teaching him something bad. Yeah. I'm practicing something that would, wouldn't be beneficial for me. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's definitely one. So the shoulder's back. Don't get rigid. Don't feel like you're, <sighs> look up, think like you're riding a rainbow up, open the chest, you know, 
um, Shavasana. <laughs> little Shavasana. Shavasana. Um, I really need to Google that because what I, about? Oh my God! I just yeah. thought of one. What about if you pretended like you were Madonna? Was it Madonna that had the, the, the nipple pointy, tassels? No, she had a pointy bra. Oh, what she, about just the stripper? <laughs> I thought you were looking for stuff that was more PG, not like oh, less PG. Yeah, both. Well, I can't even explain a pointy bra to kids, so that was off the cards. But I just thought about it. Like, nipple tassels. Oh. Like, get them shaking. You could, like, put a party hat on them. Just a singular party hat. Like a chest unicorn. Yeah. Chest unicorn! Still? Chesticorn. <laughs> I don't know. Someone's still going to say that's, like, inappropriate. Yeah, probably. Um, then, but the, this always causes the hollow back. The hollow yeah. back can only be fixed by bringing the, the belly button in. And so, then the belly button in can only be fixed by bearing down. I had, I had the old school Thor thing. You know how you used to get the whip down the back? Keep it straight. Well, I used to. When I was yeah. younger, like, they put a whip down the back. Like up just, your pants? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, just down. Down the back of your shirt? Yeah. It didn't okay. work at all. Okay, cool. Like, for some, just no feel. <laughs> like, no I feel. Wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do anything except be really uncomfortable with that. But you would at least feel when you weren't straight. Like, you know the difference between something like... Touching different parts of your spine? Feeling pressure, and then suddenly it's straight. So I think that, that kind of comes to that kinetic learning versus visual learning yeah. versus... Yeah. Because you're much more of a visual learner. And I'm much more of a kinetic learner. Yeah. That's why you always say to me, like, oh, it's really technical. Or, or, or that's really yeah. messy, right? <laughs> it's just because I'm really kinetic. And, and you're really visual. And that's why I offer things to you in a really visual way. Because I've, I really enjoy learning different ways of teaching that give me auditory, visual, and kinesthetic, and whatever. Um, and it's more difficult for you to teach something that's outside of your, you know, yeah. zone. Um. But I don't think the whip one would work for me. I don't think I'd like it. I don't think, like, I would want something down my shirt just so cool. <laughs> no thanks. Um, another, another thing that, excuse me, but just really pisses me off when I hear people say it is put your heels down. I say that all the time. I'm yelling at people. But it doesn't work. <laughs> it does sometimes. Like, kids, some kids that get it, you're like, heels down. Straight down. Yeah. Bang. But then they're going to end up with too much weight in their syrup. Mm. You know? Like, they can only put the weight correctly into the stirrup when it comes from the top of their thigh. Otherwise, they're going to end up in a chair seat. To be honest, a lot of the kids these days are still riding in all-purpose saddles, and it really doesn't matter because they're going to... They need to be... They're all going to be sat in that armchair position. Their stirrups are all too short. Yeah. They're, you know, so they need their heels down because their heels are constantly coming up. Yeah. Because they're in that position. They're pointing their toes because they're shot out the back. Yeah, yeah. And they're reaching for the stirrups forward. And so that's why you constantly at that argument about get your heels down because it's the only way we can get them back and underneath them. Like, otherwise they're forward like this. Yeah, the forward toes. You know, but, they're all just... But the bums need to be... If you scoot the bumps back to the front of the saddle, because the APs tend to have the stirrup bar so close to the front, mm. you've got to be sitting, like, so far forward in those saddles to make sure. Like, you saw me scooting forward and yeah, forward and forward on that little gray horse today, because I was in the AP, and I could feel my legs getting out here, and I'm like, scoot, scoot, scoot. And I go scoot my ass back to the front of the saddle. Mm. Otherwise, I end up way too far at the back, because the stirrup bars but are so far ahead. But they can't feel that... That's how no, they're riding. They're, they're going go. up and then all the way all back. Way. And it just, you know, and that, that's another thing. I just feel like we're fighting against something already. It's like when, you know, people are showing up. Have you ever seen, you know, the old school, like, when I remember when they first came out and everyone wanted them, they're the longer rubber, like a gum boot, but it's, like, Dublin or whatever, and they're yeah. longer rubber ones. Yeah. And they were, like, the first version of the full boot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were, like... Oh if you got the full boot, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah, got tall, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was before the chaps and everything were a thing. Yeah, and I had someone um, show up in a pair of those and trying to this this chick even to save her life if she wanted to, not on a horse, 
There is no way she could flex her toes up to the no. ceiling. No. She just can't do it. So no. trying to ride in those things. No. It hurts along there. Like, like I remember that. You. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, you know, and, the, and it was great because mum was like, oh, we'll go, you know. But I was like, fighting against that is one thing. It's a similar kind of situation with saddles, yeah. I feel. Like, we're already fighting against that bucket seat. That's what it is. The bucket, they called it a bucket seat. Like, you're sitting... Too far back. Yeah, too far back, legs in front, a lot of room. Yeah. You know, trying to teach flat work in a jump saddle, mm -hmm. and they've got to have their stirrups up because they're shooting up, you know, like, just little things like that. Or it makes such a difference. So trying to teach how... Yeah, I mean, that's why I use heels down a lot, because otherwise they're the other way. Yep. And I mean, not just flat. No, no, like, pointed in. Like, we're pointing down. Yeah. So what do you use instead of heels down? I just reposition their whole body again. I stop them. Reposition. You so wouldn't like, have a lesson. I, I teach a lot of kids like that. Yeah. Yeah, and they just have to stop, reposition, go again. Stop, reposition, go again. Stop, reposition, go again. Mm. And and they'll end up with the, the toes. Do you just lengthen the stirrups? If the stirrups are too short, absolutely. Because the other one, that's something I'm prevented from doing a lot, which annoys me sometimes. Like, I get told, you know, a lot of people are used to riding really short. And I'm like, oh, you're too a bit short. They're like, no. Too but, bad. Um, this, is not, this is not how we can ride. Like, top knots, you've got to shorten your stirrups. Or lengthen them. Lengthen them. But yeah. something that it was actually useful with one of my students is I'd hit kind of this bar where we weren't really getting anywhere and I couldn't, I couldn't understand why. And the bottom part of the leg was moving around a lot. Yeah. And a tip that was given to me by another instructor was to just put the stirrups up really, really short. Right. Not, not like even past, we'll be right back. Sorry, so that was, you made the stirrups really, really short. Yeah. Um, they were like, yeah, close the angle. Yeah. Um, so we did. So they were much shorter, like, not not jockey, but like half track work. Like, like probably like three holes up from, yeah, three holes up from cross country, like, bam, straight up. Yeah. So they were really struggling. Yeah. And we did half the lesson like that. And it was struggle town. But the rising became much neater. Mm -hmm. um, and then the minute we dropped the stirrups, legs were much stiller. And since then, we haven't had so much of an issue. Mm -hmm. And I've used that a couple of times, and it seemed to have worked. When the, like, if you had it at jumping length, yeah, they were still moving. But bringing them up again, they, there was not enough room to move. Like, it just really closed the angle. Hmm. They weren't able to move their bottom part of their leg at all. I think, I think that the problem is not the leg there. Mm. I think the problem is the connection with the seat. And the tough part is... Oh, it's because they were gripping with their knees. knees. That's what it was. And um, uh, increasing the stirrup it took the knees off. And so they weren't able to do that. And it was just forcing that disconnect. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, you just reminded me. That's what it was. Yeah. And that's... And it's a really, really tough call choosing like I like I've never done it I've never but I'm so much more inclined to take tack away from people mm. you should be like yep you don't get tack anymore <laughs> and then see I'd love to just say well we're not riding with a saddle today yeah exactly but I need to ask permission first. yeah exactly and there's insurance that you guys like my insurance lets me do that because I got myself covered for that yeah well the insurance would with us as well but it's just a matter of like having six people do it all at the same time no. you know yeah, so that that's it's more it's so much more difficult yeah and like it's a slower paced lesson and it's you got to have the right like riders patience wise mm -hmm. it's tougher in a riding school because people want to just get there and ride this is the one time i ride a week you know when you're out in the field with people who own their own horses and you go to their house and go all right here comes off today and your eyes on like if you're quick enough and you can see what's happening you can yeah. pretty much run toward the kid and catch it before it came off even if it was on a lunch yeah, yeah. So. And, and like sometimes, too, falling off isn't bad. Falling off isn't bad. <laughs> Let them teach him, teach him yeah. how to fall. Like, teach him how to fall and then, and then play with that as well. But the connection of the seat and the seat bones, like I've been talking about the plugging in and, mm -hmm. and unplugging. Did I tell you about the little boy? And I was teaching him about, you're going to plug your seat bones into your horse 
And then you unplug them, just like you're plugging into a circuit. Mm -hmm. And he says to me, like Lego blocks. <laughs> That's very yes. cute. And I'm going to use that like Lego blocks. So that connection and deconnection of, of your seat. And I think a lot of the leg issues we have is because we've, we've tucked up and are no longer connected. Either mm -hmm. we're gripping with the bottom of our leg, we're gripping with the knee. Because we rely on the stirrups a lot. Yeah. And I've got to take them off all the time. Yeah. And that's, and that's great. You know, I think that, I think that taking off stirrups is definitely the path that I would personally go rather than jacking them up just because I've never used that tactic before. We'd done no stirrup work and all that, and they mm -hmm. were great with no stirrup work. Yeah. It was the minute we had the stirrups, the bottom half of the legs were moving That's around weird. a lot. Yeah. And I tried different things that wasn't working. It was just, try this. Yeah, it try it. And it works. And it's it super worked. cool. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't, and that was when, like, because this whole thing, like I've explained before, has been a learning process for me, and it's often looking for things that I don't normally look for. Like, I, I never thought of looking for the grip with the knees. And it's mm -hmm. only been the last month or so I've become conscious of that and can see it so much easier. Yeah. Same yeah. as diagonal. It took me so long to see the diagonal from the ground. Yeah. Like, so long. And even now, it still takes me a little while. Like, sometimes people can just look and like, oh, you're Thanks. on the wrong diagonal, bam. But I need to look for a good, probably like, a couple of strides. Don't tell any of my classes, but probably like half arena. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Are they... And some horses are easier than others. Yeah, so like I'm just like, oh, especially if they've got one white sock on the front, that helps. <laughs> you know, um, I find I find the whole diagonal thing is quite easy for me. the The most challenging one under saddle when I'm per, per, like personally riding yeah. is figuring out which camera lead I want. No way. Yeah. So if I'm on, I know for I can, me too. Yeah, you know? like I, I such can a kinetic, feel it straight away. Like feel even. Before they've even taken off, I can feel what leg they're going to land on straight away. Maybe it's a pony thing or whatever, but I'm like, am I on the right one? Am I, this feels weird. What's up? Am I just not? Uh, uh. <laughs> Especially when it's the first time I've cantered on that horse. Mm. I'll be like, uh, eh, close my eyes, listen. You know. I think actually you said it to me today. You're like, am I on the right lead? Yeah. And it was the first because you were on the right rein or something. You're like, am I on the right lead? It's like, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this feels weird as hell. Yeah. And it's always the first couple, and then I'll get it. But sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll ride ponies and be like, not easy. Like, just I See, can't even remember a time. Like, I don't need to look at that at all. I could feel blindfolded 100% which leg was Kenna. Mm -hmm. Trot, not so much. And I would love to do a blindfolded lesson. Yeah. Like. My, um, one of the head instructors where I teach had said f she did it for months where yeah. she trained. Mm -hmm. She was training under someone and he made her ride blindfolded for months and he yeah. would just tell her and she would just ha like, you know, um, track, you know, change the rain or whatever. And she's like, I can't see where I'm going. And he's like, well, you're going to have to just trust me. Out. Yeah. <laughs> trust the horse. Trust me. Feel it. Yeah. You should be able to feel when your horse is hesitating toward a wall. <laughs> I was like, that's wild. You should do that on Jaff. I would. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, I wouldn't. Jaff doesn't know where, well, he knows. He just doesn't care he where doesn't walls are. Any, you can do it on my horse, easy. He tells you exactly what you're coming up to. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Jaff does it. No. Like, there's Huckleberry would neither. Huckleberry would be like, we're going to the gate. <laughs> Oh, well, you would know where the gate... You'd yeah, you'd only know where the gate was. Yeah. <laughs> you'd start feeling him going... Quick, 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 quick. No. Sideways, sideways, sideways. <laughs> but, like, yeah. yeah, sitting on... You're right. Like, feeling it. But how good would that be to teach you the yeah. feel? You yeah. would really need to tune into your feel. That mm -hmm. reminds me, I went to Dining in the Dark. Yeah. And that just, like, it totally reminded me of that. Because, like, your sense, you just... You become so awkward, like trying to pour a glass of water into a cup. Mm -hmm. Just, it's insanely difficult. No, you just put your finger in the cup. Yeah, that's what they taught us, right? But like, like even just like trying sense. to like feel it and like pouring and being nervous, like it's that. It's, yeah. it's everything else oh, that yeah. you don't. You're not nervous when you can look or whatever, but you just become so awkward. So I can imagine riding. 
blindfolded. Maybe we should start with just one eye patch, because then we'll lose the depth, but we won't, you know, because you have no depth perception this way. See? Here, touch, no, my, touch my hand. No, no, put your hand over your eye. No, now touch my hand. I don't understand this exercise. Now touch my hand. <laughs> See, it's not quite where you think it is. Right? Yeah, because your depth is not there anymore. Okay. When you're blindfolded on one side. I still think I could ride one eye. Yes, you can, but it's not going to be as good. We could get some eye patches. Double eye patch. <laughs> Double eye patch. Oh All right. God, I how think, much fun would that be? I think we've gone far enough. <laughs> Um, if you guys have any questions about anything or you want to, you know, you want to hear us talk about anything, you just let us know, um, in the comments down below, or, you know, you can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram or art on, on anchor. You can leave a, like a voice message. That's always cool. We can actually, um, put those into the things and yeah, you just, yeah. Thanks for listening guys. I just thought of like a hands night thing. No. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.